welcome to the DL Gaming Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Nick. And I'm Amanda, and I guess there's no Emilio, so uh, we're we're doing our thing. That's that's what we're finally doing. fuck, dude. It took <laughs> yeah, like right? ten years. So it's gonna be a sober episode, that's for sure. <laughs> no Emilio. Uh, how's and everybody no doing? Yeah, no Christian as well. A Canadian and sober podcast. Wow, I mean a non-Canadian sober podcast. <laughs> Well, I'm doing yeah, all right. So, I've just spent all week playing Dave the Diver, but I beat it, so I'm happy about that. How long did it take you after all? Too long. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Really? The time to beat on uh, timetobeat.com says 17 hours or something. It took me over 40, but and I kind of rushed through it, too. I don't think I felt like I took my time. I'll talk more about that when we get to when we get to that point in the show. But um, what's new with you guys? Anything? Um, not really. Not my my life. Not, I'm starting school back again, so that's nice. Wow, what a scholar! A young and again. <laughs> I'm 31, man. In the gaming world, I'm like a billion. Yeah, yeah it's pretty old for someone who plays video games. I was playing Sea of Thieves once, and people are really social in that game, and. uh I think I blew somebody's mind telling him I was 40. This guy couldn't believe it. I'm like, dude, you're going to be 40 one day too, man. Are you going to stop playing video games when you're 40? I don't think so. <laughs> uh. I, I can't believe you're 40. <laughs> for, for anybody who has not, like, for all of our listeners who don't see this, uh, Bobby's looking like he's like 32. Oh, no. You see this just... gray? <laughs> no, I don't. If Bobby shaves, he looks like he's like 18. That's like, I yeah, I would imagine that if he shaved, he'd be more like twenty one. Still could get into the bar, uh, especially when he'd be like, "Um, actually, I'm 40 <laughs> They'd be like, "Oh, sir, sorry, right this way." I don't know. <laughs> what a distinguished gentleman. That's right. Yeah, I, I see myself in the mirror. I'm just like, "Oh my god, dude!" It's like Father Time looking back at me. But, well, we're our own worst critic, right? And so I feel I mean, like, yeah. for the record, Bobby, you look young. All yeah. right, you don't look. You don't look. 40. I think that's just because I'm so immature. Makes me look a little younger. Bobby, dude, you're the most mature one. person. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you not guys that. About? <laughs> Savage, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure Bobby has the highest credit score of anybody I know too. It's probably oh, like a perfect A15. <laughs> yeah, yeah perfect. And he's sitting there being like, "Yeah, it is pretty high." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty high. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no. Uh, well, all right. you know, well, other high scores I'm sure you've got are all in your video games, which this is a video game podcast. And so we can get started with things that are on the radar. These are games that have come to our attention. Um, I'm going to start it off by I want to talk about uh, We the People, actually. This is this uh, game. It looks super fun. I have no idea when it's coming out because it just says coming soon. Um, it's an early access, like first person shooter that's PvP. You are essentially. Um, like you're a survivor and it's uh, zombies is what you're fighting and shooting. I think a lot of the gun fights and the gunplay seem to be really good. It kind of reminds me of Tarkov, the way that the UI and everything is laid out and kind of how it looks like it's playing Um, because it is a PvP hardcore shooter in post-apocalyptic America in the Pacific Northwest. So like, yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Um, It looks beautiful. It's supposed to take place in the year 2028. So the post-apocalyptic is... You know, apparently in a few years, <laughs> so, <laughs> according to these guys. 
Um, and these guys are just small indie company. That's that's who made it. it is a small indie company. That's it. So uh, not too much is known, it seems, about it. But it does look interesting. And so, so it's a PvP. Tar- it's Tarkov with zombies. That's what you're telling me. That's what it looks like, and that seems. So to be we have H1Z1 Tarkov. All right, still not yeah. original. We got it. Well, yeah, but you know what? I'm such a sucker for this shit. I might end up loving it anyway, but we'll see. Who knows when it's going to come out? What do you, you, know? what do you think the price tag is going to be? Mm, uh, probably way too fucking much. You think they're going to do it? I'm guessing $39.99. See, I'm guessing it's going to be $60, and then you can get the special pack for like 140 and then it's basically tar. I mean, it's not Tarkov. Oh, you it's think they're going to copy exactly no. what they're doing? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I could see that. Yeah, they might be like, oh, our stuff is cool because you don't have to deal with Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> we're not Russian. We're we're not Russian. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I could definitely see it being at least forty dollars. Yeah. I think that that's a given. Yeah. I I, I don't know. A- unless there's like something brand new to this, and like people are giving it like rave reviews. I'm not touching this with a ten foot pole. Um. It, like I like unless I'll there's like forty, and then <laughs> you're touching it with all the bowl. You're just <laughs> rubbing the bowl it, on it, <laughs> touching it with a negative ten foot pole. There's like get over here. Yeah, it's I'm gonna play that. I want to. We'll see. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, give us a sit rep on this when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, I've got a little game here to talk about. So a week or two ago, somebody asked me about the Deep Rock Galactic survivor game that was coming out and i missed the window to get into the open beta testing that they had it was very limited apparently Um, but the company posted on the steam page that they have another game that's in an open beta or not open you have to sign up for it Um, and so i did and that game is called don't die in the West. And I don't know if this is really my type of game. So it's it's a co-op RPG, one to four players, and it looks like uh, one of those exploration sandbox games, kind of like Valheim, except it's got a very cartoony cowboy look to it. So you and a couple people, um, you start a ranch, you uh, rustle some cattle, um, you do, I don't know, maybe fight some crime around town apparently. I, the beta is still open. I got into it, so I may check it out this week. I meant to check it out last week, but again, I just played way too much Dave the Diver. Could not, could not squeeze it in. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of these crafting games, but I feel like yeah, it might be worth checking out. I mean, Deep Rock Galactic Survivors looks really good, so I figure this has got to be kind of good, maybe, just based on the developers alone. Slated for a quarter four release in 2023, so it's not that far away. How uh, how much time did you end up putting into it? Did you wait? Did you say you put in any time, or no? You, you said you didn't get to play it at all, right? This game, no. I, I literally no. loaded it up for like two minutes just to get a quick glimpse of it. But um, I don't know. I think this coming week I'll probably check it out if I don't find something more compelling to play. No, oh, okay. Yeah, now this. This seems definitely cute, but I don't. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like the cowboy theme. I like the cartoonish thing. It's just, you know, I hate crafting. If I have to chop down a tree, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Sign I, me up. <laughs> if I have to punch one more goddamn tree, I'm done. 
Um, as far as punching trees go, uh, you get to throw things at trees in Pikmin. Uh, it's not a PC game, but it's one a, a generational game. It's Pikmin 4. Have you guys ever played any of the Pikmin games ever? No, I have not. Never heard of Bobby, this may, this may get you to buy a Nintendo Switch or emulate the previous games, which I legally cannot say that, so don't do that. Um, so Pikmin is a Lemmings-like game where your ammo, your workers, and everything are these little things called Pikmin. And they come from the ground. Um, you pull them like little plants, and they all have special abilities. Um, there's red ones, there's purple ones, there's... Uh, blue ones there's yellow ones they all do stuff um in this newest version there's pvp um there's a story mode you have a little dog now there's new kinds of enemies new biomes all this other stuff um they did the old switcheroo on this one they announced the game and they're like this bitch is coming out in three weeks so it's actually coming out uh i believe in four days um i didn't realize that this game even got announced until it came across my uh, like suggested trailers like feed and youtube so um yeah i might pick this up for myself or leslie because pikmin's like a really good game just to turn your brain off and just play um because there's like parts where it's just like you know you get to like pick pick all your little pikmin up you know i need five red guys to be able to like harvest these things or like send them to go build this fort or like get these parts for the spaceship um but you end up like having to beat like bugs and things like that. Cause you're, you're microscopic. You're like the size of like a, like a rosebud essentially. And you're like a little space explorer. Um, but you're not really exploring space. You're exploring a garden. Um, so it's really cute. It's really fun. It's the fourth one. They're probably going to make a fifth and a sixth and a seventh. Um, it's definitely one of like Nintendo's like flagship characters at this point. Like they've, they've been, I think in two smash brothers, as far as like references or characters inside of them. So um, yeah, if you have a switch or um, you're looking to get one and you want another game to like kind of boost your leaning towards getting one, definitely pick up Pikmin four. Looks dangerously close to a crafting sim. Uh, No, not really like crafting like that. Like not like, Oh, you know, I chopped down a tree and now I can make like an ax. Nothing like that. It's very much like I said, lemmings like. Uh, just more exploration and like free roaming. Very cool. Well, that's also good too for like you were saying with the Nintendo Switch and everything. I don't know. I feel like uh, like one of the things that I played, I actually picked up and was playing my Switch a bit more this weekend. Um, and I'll talk about it in highlights. But moving on to like the second half of what I played, uh, Oxen Free Two Lost Signals is what I put on my radar, mostly for the Switch. Uh, played Oxen Free One, did go back and visit that, and so like Oxen Free Two. Uh, just released on the 12th of July, so really recently um, it was released. This was last Wednesday. And it's supposed to take a, uh, take place five years after the events of Oxenfree, which the whole thing is just basically an adventure. It's just, it's all story. Um, it's got some mystery to it and some puzzles, but a lot of times it just kind of plays almost like a platformer, but it is more of like a walking sim and unfolding the story, which... It's super cool. I really liked the story of Oxenfree, and I, I thought that um, not only was the art and graphics of this game like done really, really well, I also just really liked the way that they wrote it as well, and the um, the voice acting, I think, is pretty damn solid in it, too, at least for Oxenfree 1. So Oxenfree 2 would be really cool to check out, and 
So, so far there is 93% very positive reviews coming from this. Uh, there's 25% off right now going on. It's $15 on Steam. This is Oxenfree 2 that I'm talking about. And so, I mean, it was inspired by like the 1980s horror movies. I didn't really find any of the experience to be like terrifying. It, it definitely has like a thriller-esque to it, almost like this like alien mystery kind of thing. But yeah, they, they call it as like a supernatural thriller. Um, You're telling with, me like, the scaredy pants didn't get scared at a somewhat scary game? This isn't, yeah, I feel like them calling it a scary game is really a stretch. I mean, it is... Well, that's how the like, first one was. It, yeah. like, it, it was it's suspenseful and it had some supernatural elements to it, but it never really got downright scary. That's yeah. And so it seems like Oxenfree 2 is the same way where they're like, yeah, it's going to be kind of a little bit of a thriller, but nothing super scary. It kind of looks to like they've developed a lot more in terms of interacting with your environment and things like that for Oxenfree 2. And I don't know, it's uh, it might get creepier. I don't know. They've got some pictures and videos of some people that look very kind of creepy on the beach and shit so maybe Oxenfree 2 is actually scarier uh, I don't know would you ever uh, be down for like a Patreon goal for someone to be able to choose a scary game for you to play for at least an hour mm. just an hour no VR no VR y- yeah if it's not VR I'd be willing to do that um yeah, I I I would say that yeah, if a Patreon out there wants to get uh me or I feel like even I could sign Emilio up for this, but like maybe we could have a scare off where, you know, like a Patreon wants like to Like during Halloween? Yeah, during Halloween, like see which one of the two of us can make it the furthest in the scary game. You guys should There's play that, uh what what's that new game? Outlast Trials? Outlast Trials. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. You want to play a, a scary game that's top down? You would never think like a top-down game would ever be scary. It's called Darkwood. It's one of the best scary games I've ever played. Really? You should definitely play it. Yeah, it's like fourteen ninety-nine, and it's a top-down game, and it messes with vision. Like it, it's the game is all about like your character's cone of vision, and like your senses around you. So like you can you can see in front of you, but you can't see around you, and like how much light is in front of you. Um, and you can hear things and like there's sensors around your character. So you can determine if something's coming around you. Oh my God. I would hate this this in the best way. I'm like looking it up right now and you're right. Like, but that's the kind of shit that like fucks me up in these scary games is that it'll be like, I'll just be walking around doing my own thing. And it's the, it's the sounds. It's like that when they mess with the senses like Mm -hmm. that, that shit gets me. So that's part of why phasmophobia I'm such a little bitch with, because it's just like, yeah, if you're playing and you can hear somebody be like hello like oh my god i'm gone i'm done like i'm done that's that's just yeah that's enough so yeah apparently darkwood has one of the most like european like level like stories and endings that like some people means like it's like really ambiguous and people are like what the fuck does this mean and like people have to like look it up and like have like people make video essays deciphering it um, I think I might actually finish the game. I only ever played like 45 minutes of it. And then like a really popular game came out. I, I really got to pick it back up. I think I might play that until, cause I just hit infinite in Marvel snap. I think I might play that until, uh, Baldur's gate comes out. So yeah. Ooh, nice. 
Yeah, so we were just talking briefly about Darkwood, but that's the, not the game on my radar. The game on my radar was Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. You should check it out if you like the Oxenfree series, because it seems like it is following suit and a continuation of what Oxenfree was. Um, I'll keep moving along on the radar since I got some other stuff. I've got On Dark Terms, uh, which is continuing with the story of horror. Um, I like to dabble with them, even though I myself am a little bitch. I don't know if I'll actually get this, because, yeah, this looks like it could be really fun. And also, once again, I am such a scaredy pants. I just I keep coming back for more because I hate myself. I don't know. I don't know why I love horror games so much and horror movies when I can't handle them. I just do. They're great. So this is on Dark Terms, and you are in an open-world RPG. It's, it is co-op. It's one to four players. And it's you and a feline companion. So, like, you switch, it seems, between, like, your human character and, like, your cat character, which is interesting. And you're walking around kind of with, like, a a walkie-talkie and trying to find um, things that are going on. You use – it has a lot of elements of, like, phasmophobia with it because you are using, like, your camera and, like, some of the other tools to see if there's ghosts or presence there. Um, It just looks really creepy and pretty fun, pretty cool. Um, You're investigating and trying to find a way that they say to like push back the darkness. That's what it is. So um, you signed it. The story of it is that they say that you signed a contract with, um, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Bwamsamdi. Bwamsamdi. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. It's It's a voodoo deity. Yeah that so <laughs> you barely have made a contract with um yeah with that uh, okay it's bomb somdi you said bomb somdi yeah it's the same Bonsamdi. it's the same thing as the character okay. in wow it's a it's a modification of the uh the voodoo god of like tricks and essentially like voodoo satan baron somdi the of the dead. yeah, yeah. it's uh if you, have you ever seen a uh, princess and the frog uh nope. the disney movie Oh, okay. Never mind. There's a the main bad guy is supposed to be like a character caricature of him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And in, in this game, like you made a contract to find, and like you make this contract, and part of it is that you're acquiring protection in the form of a cat to look over your spirit while you investigate and try to find a way to push back this darkness that's going on in this post-apocalyptic world that you're living in. And so um, your whole goal is to, like, enter dungeons and destroy dark matter to then absorb the energy created. And so it's like this, you're figuring out this mysterious energy and, like, how to use it as a key for survival. And so that's kind of neat. It definitely looks like there's quite some dungeon crawling and stuff going on. Um, They have six unique dungeons that they have. It's like an amusement park, library, a mansion, museum, mall, office, things like that. Uh, It looks like you've got quite a bit of customization for both yourself and the cat. Um, You can design like a cat room. So it seems kind of fun um, that they have that kind of element. So I don't know, man, more games that are just like really into utilizing cats. Um, But, you know, negative two points for them not having Siamese cats as an option, because I would love to have my cat, me and Thor running around, but I can't. So. (laughs) <laughs> but it looks this looks like a pretty cool game especially if you are looking for something that like i said this kind of reminds me of like a phasmophobia in a sense um but with a whole dungeon aspect to it 
Um, and some of these characters in here do look pretty creepy. They've got some demon-looking creatures. You, like, summon a demon. There's, like, a fucking T-Rex as well that, like, you're hiding from. There's some, like, really creepy cultists and stuff, and then very much, like, a scary children, you know? That's horrifying enough as it is. Like, anyway. <laughs> ah, kids. <laughs> oh, kids. <laughs> Terrifying. But, <laughs> so, they've got a whole uh, range of monsters and stuff, it looks like. And so, this looks like this could be pretty pretty fun i mean it came out on june 28th so it hasn't been out that long and 93 percent uh positive but that's only from 16 reviewers so the pool's not very big for that um it's made by uh dimensionless games which this is their only game so it's a single indie developer and publisher so it's kind of interesting i don't know would you play this nick because i feel like you might you might be into this I think once it gets further down the road, I would definitely play it. Um, from what I'm seeing in the trailer, it looks a smidge clunky. Mm-hmm. I do love me a good scary game. Um, I do love me cats. So, you know, like I said, it, once, once I, I'm tired of early access shit, okay? I'm tired of it. I want more AAA or like AA or single A games coming out that work, please. Yeah. Um. That's why I didn't buy Baldur's Gate. I'm not buying it until it comes out on the second. So that's why I'm waiting. Um, uh, that sucks to suck because it's going to be great, dude. I, I, I already bought it. I'm going to have it. I can't wait. I'm going to fucking lose my life. Um, and then Armored Core comes out. But yeah, no, I can't. I can't wait. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably pick that up eventually. Nice. Yeah, it, I think it looks cool. It, it should be... Uh... I don't know it could it could be pretty pretty decent and that is uh that's on dark terms um and then i've got the last one i've got on here i had to put a vr one this vr game just looks like it is fun it's called the break-in and the whole point is that you get into a place you break into it and you steal everything including the people like you literally steal everything like even doors and shit <laughs> you're supposed to take it all and this game is in vr it is one to four player co-op and they have vr and non-vr so they're actually doing something kind of like what demio did where you have the option to where you can play it in vr or not which i think is dope i love that they have that because it is really great especially if you want to play with other friends too that um you know maybe don't have vr or anything like that like this way you can still actually play the games together and so i love that and so that's what this is and so you select a getaway vehicle they say they have anything from a fucking bicycle to like a stolen police van and so i think that that would just be like hilarious yeah you apparently can equip gear like rocket boosters and hammers and like you're just you're trying to get in and steal everything of whatever it is there. Um, and so it's very much done in VR where, like, you can see your little hands and you kind of deal with that. And, like, yeah, right now I'm watching a, a little clip where somebody's stealing a PC and they just put, like, a, a little, like, rocket booster thing and then just launch it off over the side, like, across, <laughs> right outside of, like, an eight-foot story <laughs> area of the of the whatever high-rise. And I'm assuming the PC makes it at the bottom. And so... <laughs> just steal all of the shit um it it looks fun you climb you kind of break in you you know go down ladders and ropes and stuff like that but since it's all done in the vr way it kind of has a very fun uh like purposeful semi clunky well i guess i wouldn't say clunky it's just like the vr you know 
This looks very similar to Phasmophobia. You've got a van parked outside. Mm -hmm. Four people walk out of the van. They've got a bunch of tools. They go into a house. They have to grab a bunch of stuff and get out. Maybe I'm craving Phasmophobia. (laughs) I don't know. Or the Steam algorithms. Like, you should check out Phasmophobia again. And I'm like, nope. Too scary. (laughs) (laughs) It's a scary version of Phasmophobia. Yeah, as a break crimi- in. <laughs> as a criminal justice major, you cannot steal people. That's called kidnapping. Well, way. if you want to steal, steal people, you should do it in the break in because it's legal there. Because in the video game world, <laughs> okay. uh, otherwise known as kidnapping, <laughs> this game is yeah. already out thirteen forty nine. It's on sale. Not bad. Not bad for a VR a game. That's, that's exactly. super not. cheap for a VR game. I agree. Yeah. And so that's what I mean. They're having the introductory offer right now until July 24th, where, yeah, thirteen forty nine. It's really not bad. I mean, even at full price, it being $15, this could be a really awesome game, especially given the fact that, like I said, it's it's like VR and non-VR. So it's just the player co-op. So like I said, you don't necessarily need VR, but this game definitely looks like it would be way better in VR. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's cool. Nice. Well, the game came out today, and it says no people are playing it. So I don't know if it's got a really small player base or if they just haven't calculated the numbers yet. Mm. Oh, that is interesting. Weird. Maybe they haven't calculated the numbers yet. That would be my That's guess. probably what it is, yeah. Maybe they do it at the end of the day. Yeah. Because everything's zero. Like, everything's zero, even though it already has reviews mm-hmm. that are... That yeah, are, it doesn't seem right. Yeah. All right, I've got one more game here before we move on, and it is WrestleQuest. So I, I think I saw an article on PC Gamer or something that mentioned this, and it's a wrestling-themed RPG, and they reference a lot of famous wrestlers from the 80s and 90s, you know, Jake the Snake, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, all, all those. Hell yeah. All those characters that I remember back when wrestling was interesting, but... I, I don't know. I could see this going both ways, right? It they could. It's a good idea. Like, there's a lot of people who like wrestling and specifically that period of wrestling. And you mix that with an RPG. I mean, I can't think of anything quite like that. Um, most wrestling games are just based off the actual wrestling matches. And the way they described it, I thought, well, maybe it's kind of like Fight Club. No, not Fight Club. What am I thinking? Punch Club. Maybe it's like Punch Club where it's really just a sim game and the simulation is just like the training and uh, there's also things you have to like manage your life in that as well. But this looks like an actual RPG game. Um, I don't know if they had to get... If they had to get the uh, approval to get all these characters, but they do have characters like like these uh, 80s wrestlers and they aren't like these weird knockoffs, you know, they're the actual. Yeah, one of them is literally, yeah, one of them literally says Macho Man, like, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't say Macho Man Randy Savage. So I don't, I don't, mm, I don't know. So. Yeah. I mean, look at that right there. That's Macho Man. (laughs) No doubt about that. But I I don't know. This could be good, but it's kind of a wait and see thing for me, but I like the idea. I like where they're going. This is by Mega Cat Studios. Let's see what else they made. Renfield, Bring Your Own Blood, Coffee Crisis, Log Jammers. I don't recognize any of these games. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Yeah, I don't know. 
We'll see. It comes out August 7th, so we won't have to wait too long to find out. WrestleQuest. Nice. Not to be confused with WrestleFest, which is like the best arcade game, man. <laughs> uh, they always had WrestleFest. You guys remember that? Well, no, you don't. You guys are too young nope. for that. No. <laughs> Where's Emilio at? There's, oh boy. there's the 40. That's a, You don't look 40, but then all you got to do is start talking about that, and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, no. Oh, it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Got to boot up the MAME emulator and play some WrestleFest. They do, by the way, I just looked it up, and the Video Games Chronicle and a couple of other sources have verified that WrestleQuest does have a contract with the WWE, which they can use their legends, which are names like Macho Man Randy Savage, Booker T, uh, Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake, and much more. Nice. So, cool. Yeah, they have a bunch of characters that they can use legally in this game and we have no christian this week so we can't actually truly fact check (laughs) nick so y'all are just gonna have to accept that you have to believe me now (laughs) have to believe him yeah all right what has everybody been playing moving on into the highlights and the games that we have been playing uh bobby you had talked at the top of the show about how you kind of sold your you started diving in on dave the diver and so uh you know tell us about that Yeah, so last week I talked a lot about Dave the Diver, and it turns out I wasn't very far in the game. I was maybe, I I was at the end of chapter two, and there's seven chapters. Uh, The seventh chapter is really just a boss fight and an ending cutscene. So I was probably a third of the way through the game. Um, But a lot of the stuff I said, I I still stand by. I think it's accurate. Um, I compare this game a little bit to Stardew Valley, um, but with a little more combat, I guess. So when you beat the story mode, you can continue to play the game and just work on your fish farm, go into the sea and catch other fish, upgrade your guns, uh, manage your sushi restaurant, get more recipes. You actually get a farm that you have to manage and all these side quests continue to pop up where you can get Uh, achievements and unlock other things so there's more to do in the game after you beat it Uh, assuming you beat it like me where i I went through the main quest super quick and and beat the game i I say super quick but i spent probably 40 hours i think until i beat the game which seems kind of long but i don't know that's how long it took me i did have the game running in the background a lot while i was doing other stuff i I played a lot of this game man like i i usually don't play a game this much but i i played quite a bit of it um a few funny things that's stood out so everybody talks in that fake english uh not even english but a fake language you know like that they don't have actual dialogue or oh, voice acting like um it, it's all right but there's a part in the game where you run into a rapper these famous people come into your restaurant and because you get more famous and they want like a special dish and it's a side quest. You've got to prepare it. And if they like it, then you get a bunch of likes on social media and a lot more notoriety and you level up. Um, but one of them is this rapper and he's got this song called hot pepper tuna. (laughs) I, uh, Uh, I invite you to look that up on YouTube when you have a chance, hot pepper tuna. And, um, I thought it was just gibberish. And then I looked it up on YouTube because I was like, this is kind of a banger. And turns out it's an actual song. For th- this is a Korean made game. So it's by a, a Korean <laughs> rapper. And it was from like 
almost a decade ago. I don't know, judging by the YouTube video that was uploaded. And it's an actual song and it's in Korean. And I was like, wow, that's that's a wild twist there. So that was fun. Um, A couple weeks ago, I think we had a listener question from Zap talking about or asking if we had gotten into anything because of a video game, like gotten into uh, like some lifestyle or something. He was talking about formula one, how playing a formula one game got him really into like actual formula one. And I didn't really so have a good answer for deep it. Sea diving? Uh, no, oh, but I was, hell yeah. <laughs> um, I, that would be really interesting, but I don't know. The, the ocean scares the hell out of me, man. That's just like, uh, you don't know what's down there, man. That is crazy. I wouldn't want to do that. But, uh, I, I have been watching a ton of YouTube videos just on, these weird random fish, particularly ones that I run into the ga- run into in this game. So there's this fish, and again, I invite you to look this up on Google Images, called the barrel eye, and it is oh, yeah. a weird fish. It's got a, a transparent head and these tubular eyes, and it's alien looking. It's so weird. Yeah, look up a video of that. Um, oh yeah what a weird looking fish yeah all right i'll bring it up for the uh people watching the show here barrel eye yep i know exactly what a barrel eye is yeah it's a cool looking fish but um there we go there's a good image of it if you're watching the show but oh god what else was i watching narwhals so narwhals they don't know this is going to turn into the History Channel a little bit or the uh, uh, National <laughs> Geographic or whatever that channel is. Um, they don't really know why they have that big, long unicorn spike on their head, apparently. Like, they think it. the males and females have it. The males have bigger ones. Um, sometimes they cross swords, like they fight with them, so it could be like antlers for a deer, but they don't exactly know. They don't pierce fish with it or stab people. They think it might be for them to like feel their way around because there's lots of nerve endings in it, but it's like a total mystery why narwhals have that long horn on their head. So hmm. yeah, it's really a missed opportunity. I mean, they really should be slinging that like a weapon. I mean, they're messing up. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't accidentally stab each other with that. Like that's, <laughs> I, it's not on accident. Let's be real. They got really mad because you know, somebody ate their little shrimps or something and that was supposed to be theirs. I, I don't know what narwhal eat, but <laughs> <laughs> it should be each other no it should not be each other but they should be stabbing stuff with that that would be great yeah there that what's that rough. game where you um there's a game on steam came out many years ago where it's something narwhals and all you do it's, it's like joust it's a multiplayer game it's like an arcadey fun game. oh yeah fuck what is it called i know exactly what you're talking about oh Warn. Uh, I'll find it when I'm I'm done here. I'll look it up later and tell you. But yeah, yeah, it's like a game where you just stab each other with a little narwhal. Well, it's Starwall. So Starwall, is that it? Well, this is a, a local multiplayer space narwhal fighting game. Oh, yeah, this is it. Okay. Yep, this is it. Yeah, these were yes. real popular back in 2014. These like little arcadey minigame things. Starwall. I remember that. Fun. Anyway, Dave the Diver, hmm. yeah, it, I recommend it. It's probably my the best game I played this year. That's that's came out this year, or you know, the best game I played in general. Um, I think I'm going to continue playing it, but not right now. I need to take a break from it because I've been going pretty hard <laughs> on this game. Um, 
it's when I finished playing Moonlighter, I hit the end of that game and I was like, I I have saturated the content here. I've done absolutely everything that this game has to offer. But with this game, there's so much more I feel like I can do and I want to do. Like I want to continue managing the restaurant. That was honestly my favorite part of all of this. And I think it's like the section that you actually do the the least. Um, you have to go diving. You have to manage a farm. Um, you, you have two, possibly three opportunities to go diving each day. So a lot of it is actually going into the water capturing fish, uh, fulfilling quests. The story, you know, I'm not like super big on the story, but it was pretty good. Um, I skipped a lot of dialogue, but I got a lot of the general idea of what was going on. And it's pretty big it, or pretty good. It expands like it turns into something. And then like that leads into another problem. I think when I talked about it last week, I had just ran into the sea people. Um, that goes yes, like you a, ran to the merfolk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the uh, mermaids, mermen. Yeah. And that turns into like a whole thing. Like you befriend them and then you help them with other things. And like you discover all this other stuff and it, it, there's lots of interesting, colorful characters. I got a feeling the the person that people are going to gravitate towards is the guy that crafts your guns. He's this big overweight, nerdy guy that uh, just sits in his room and watches anime and uh, plays games and crafts guns and it's <laughs> it's pretty funny um wow and you know they had a chance with this game they did it a few times they had some uh parodies of characters so instead of michael bay they had michael bang and he comes into the restaurant and you know he's a celebrity he wants a dish it's a side quest you make him something he really likes it and it inspires him to make another robot samurai movie and he gives you a poster that you can decorate on your wall so things like that but you can go really overboard with that and i feel like those funny pop culture references i mean they're good people like them but i feel like for me they're super played out a game that really overdid it was was it RPG quest or Knights of pen and paper? I think it was. Um, they just went way overboard with it and it was just like too much. Uh, this game, as far as I know so far, they've only done it twice. We've had Michael bang. And then there's a guy that I am sure is supposed to be. Who's the, the cook. That's a real jerk from the UK hell's kitchen. Oh, uh, Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Okay. Which I figure it's a it's a cooking game. You got to have him in there, right? But of course. Yeah. yeah of course. It's fucking raw. <laughs> yeah. What are you, an idiot sandwich? I, I got. Do you make a beef Wellington there? Because that's I feel like that's what Gordon Ramsay would really uh you know want to check. Well, it's, no, seafood, it's all it's so. all seafood. Seafood. Well, yeah. it's almost all seafood. So you get a garden, you get vegetables, and you make vegetable sushi and you can do other stuff. You get chickens that lay eggs, but it's yeah, mostly seafood and sushi. Um, It's a great game. I don't need to tell you guys that everybody's playing this game. I mean, it's insane how this is blown up. Even from last week when I talked about it to now, I have seen like a lot of people on my friends list and in my circle, pick it up and start playing it. I've, it's so funny how when this was DLG bump, it must, be, did. it must have been <laughs> I almost feel like I mean even when I started playing with playing this game I feel like a lot of people already were onto it and were playing it and were really liking it but I, at the same time I feel like I was kind of in on the first wave because now it's really blowing up like it's just everywhere and a single player game too like that how rare is that 
that a yeah. single player game yeah. does that, well, I mean, especially like, uh, on PC. Hades was a banger, you know, but I think mm-hmm. I think what it is is like an indie thing that really hits close to home for a lot of people is just like every year, you know, there's just that one little game that just sneaks through and it's like, hey, look at me. You know, a passion project. People like me. And I think that I think Dave the Diver might be that game this year that is a passion project that a lot of people like. Yeah, well, um, I don't think I'm it's probably going to pick it up. Oh, you definitely you so? should. I, I don't know. It, it seems like it's by a, a pretty big studio, not like maybe AAA or anything like that. But I mean, the game is just well made. It doesn't get repetitive like so many games do. It, it manages to just change things up enough that it keeps it interesting and then the whole farming you know catch the fish sell the fish thing is really addictive like it just but it doesn't abuse that i guess is what i'm trying to say like it mm-hmm. it's a really good game check nice. it out well i, I definitely mean, will pyronicle's got a question that i i want to also ask you uh bobby is is dave the diver better than diablo 4 I think I respect it more than Diablo 4. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> really? I mean, Diablo right. 4, we know it's like, I mean, how many, that's like a triple A game. You know, that's like comparing, I don't know, there's an analogy with movies I could make that might paint a better picture here. Like, it's comparing like the new Indiana Jones movie with um, like some indie movie that's just like a critical hit or a critical darling. You know, it's hard to compare the two. They're both good in their own ways. Like me personally, like I will, well, I don't know at this point, like I'm going to get a lot of hours out of Dave the Diver. I I got maybe 150 out of Stardew before I was finally like, all right, I've done everything here. But Diablo, that's a game I'm going to continue to play for like a long, long time. But yeah, I guess it just goes back to, I kind of respect this game more. Like it's, it's something new. It's something fresh. Diablo is good, but it's I, I've kind of seen that before. I think I think this call, this calls back to like something I was talking to my friends about, where it's like there's games that are made to like just extract money from people, and like they start making up these things that just people like. You know, Diablo's like, oh, we're starting these seasons and these nightmare characters and these dungeons and like, and you can you can recraft things. It's like none of these words exist. You're just adding new things to the game to make it longer and people to be more invested in it. And you're just making things more repetitive. And it's just like, oh, here's Dave the Diver that tells a funny story. There you go. Have a nice day. I I mean, Diablo is a game, and I I don't. I don't know, man. I don't want to like criticize games for doing this because it's like they do, they are enjoyable and like they, they do make a lot of money for a lot of people. But I I don't think Diablo is like completely criminal, but it's, it it is a game that is designed to monopolize your time. Like that's, it's an, intention and i mean it's made by blizzard we all knew that was going to be the case it's all their games literally you you can't you can't stop playing diablo and then come back like if you don't start playing at the top of the season there's usually not a reason to start in the middle of it if you want to be competitive and a lot of people do but you don't you don't have to but it's just a game that gives you so much to do and it makes you feel like you're missing out if you're not doing it and it makes you feel bad if you're not doing it and that's I don't think it does that to the degree that some games do, 
I don't think it does it to an obnoxious degree. I don't know. I, I get super addicted to video games, man. I get super addicted to everything. That's why I don't drink. <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely get hooked on video games. And if I'm able to walk away from a game that I kind of feel like, oh, it's not too bad. Although with Diablo, I do feel like it was a little bit of cold turkey. Like I haven't touched the game since I've been playing Dave the Diver. And I'm a little scared to go back because it's just like, you know, you get a little bit and you're just like, whoosh, you get sucked right into it. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm a little, maybe Diablo is like that. I'm, I'm not sure yet. Or maybe I'm just like managing to keep myself enough at enough of a distance to not get sucked in. At least you yeah, recognize it though. Yeah. And that's good. Like, and I can kind of, I guess to me, like I, I'm also taking a little bit of a Diablo break uh, right now myself. And yeah, I'm also a little nervous to try and get back into it too. Cause you're right. There is something about that game where it's just like, once you get going and get grinding, it's like, you just want to keep playing and tinkering with your build and shit and keep playing. And I think that it just, it builds on itself with that. But I don't know. I've been trying to change it up a little bit. You know, I'll talk about my next thing. Like I played a little bit of Oxenfree. I talked about Oxenfree 2 uh, in the, on the radar, but that's because I was going back and playing a bit more of Oxenfree, the original one. And right now it's actually on a deep sale. It's got a special promotion going on for the next 36 hours where you can get it for $2. Definitely think it's worth $2 because it's really cool. This is the supernatural little thriller. You're with your group of friends. Um, the story is really solid. It looks good. I mean, I really enjoy this game. It's fun. It's story rich with choices matter. And like the mystery of using frequency to contact and talk to ghosts. And it seems they kind of lay it in heavy of it feeling alien like and not exactly like ghosts. So that's kind of cool, too. But it is like this whole uh, thing. I don't know. I feel like you should check it out. Oxenfree is cool, especially on like a Steam Deck. It'd be really good or Nintendo Switch. I do love it on my Nintendo Switch. I think it's perfect for that. Because it is just, you know, mostly a walking simulator of a story. There's yeah. not a crazy amount of stuff to it. And it's pretty easy going and chill. Yeah. To play. And you know what you could do? You could go to dlgaming.net and you could type in Oxenfree to the search. We got a little magnifying glass up in the corner. And if you type in Oxenfree, you can find the episode where we talked about this when it came out back in 2016. I, do, I remember this game vividly. Nice. I think Chad and I played it and disagreed on it. So you might find a good old classic Bobby Chad argument. That's great, <laughs> like, though. Yeah. You. God, so dude, it's just back like in 2016, when we used to get real mad. <laughs> Big oh, mad. man. Well, that's cool, uh, though. Yeah, because then people can go back and listen and hear even more about it itself. But yeah, like I said, with the Oxenfree 2 coming out, and it's supposed to take place five years after the story of Oxenfree 1, is like now would be a good time to revisit it or to get back into it because then you can kind of, you know, get two for one in a sense at a continuation of the story right now. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Um, as for what I've been playing, speaking of things that will drive you mad, is fucking... Um, Hunt Showdown. I picked it back up because they have a new, um, just pretty much free LC to the game. Um, After like five years of existing, they added another new boss. This is not the first time in five years that they added another new boss, but it's definitely a a unique one. So for those who have never played the game, usually bosses in this game spawn in like these little towns. It's a looter shooter, so it's like one giant map. Um, all the maps are different. There's like five or six of them. Um, there's little like settlements where there's like towns, maybe have like one to 15 buildings. They can be like a barn. It's set in like 
19th century Louisiana um, with like real guns and fake guns from the time. Um, and so with the new um, like content, they introduce a new boss. It's a lady boss, but it's an alligator. Um, and normally the bosses spawn in the settlements. This boss spawns only in the waterways. And the unique thing about it is that usually people fight in the settlements. It's like you're always hearing gunshots. You're always fighting on top of buildings or in between them or underneath them, around them, like in them. Um, You're constantly like setting up traps and tripwires. Not anymore. Now you're fighting in the fucking swamps. You're fighting in the fucking like reeds. You're fighting everywhere. Um, Not only does the game add that kind of stuff, but it also adds like um, as you would expect this to be added ages ago, uh, thunderstorms and thunderstorms greatly changed the game, um, by completely nullifying flame-based weapons. Uh, flame-based weapons are really important in this game because you can burn people's bodies, which prevent them from being, re- uh, revived by their teammates. And so if it's raining, they can't be revived. So it's pretty nifty. Um, also, if you get Molotov cocktail, you just run into the rain and you can't burn to death. Um, and so there's a bunch of new weapons. There's a bunch of new abilities. There's a bunch of new perks. There's a bunch of all kinds of stuff. Um, my first game that I played, there were so many new things. I was like, what the fuck is that? That's a bug that's flying at me. I'm so used to like a literal jar of bees, which is a weapon that I, I love using, which is so fun. Oh my Just God. throwing a jar of bees at someone. I was going to say, what a meme. Yeah, like it's like that Oprah Winfrey. Everybody gets bees. You get bees. <laughs> it's it's so fun, dude. Because um, no matter what, they just, whoever's, you can't stop running because uh, you can't fight the bees. You just can't, like you can't melee bees, um, uh, but there's new there's new bugs. It's just one beetle that you can just be like sick em, boy, and they uh, they fucking explode or they sting you or they follow you or mark you, um, and yeah, that shit was annoying as fuck. Um, normally, the game is either played in duos or trios. Um, the most popular being trios, but there is a solo game mode, although that's not like the quote unquote real game mode. Like you don't face any of the bosses in that game mode. It's more of like a, um, like a domination game mode where you find points and you capture them and you have to like guard them. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a definitely a, a nice new update for a game that's been out for a while. That's bringing a lot of new players. It's actually, brought in so many new players it's brought i mean it's brought the highest concurrent player count to the highest it's ever been so yeah very cool what is that, that concurrent is, uh, player count i believe it's fifty four thousand. Mm. nope <laughs> well i don't know on steam, <laughs> on steam it says today's peak was thirty four thousand. what's all-time peak all-time peak is 45 45. Okay, so I had that backwards. 54 and 45. Okay. Yeah. Right. So um, check it out. If you've never played it, um, you can usually catch it on sale for, I think, like $19.99. Um, it was on deep sale for the summer the summer sale, but um, it's a great game, especially if you have a couple of friends to play it with. Nice. Well, yeah. It looks, uh, I don't know. It looks, it looks like it would be scary. Too scary for me. 
it, it's scary as fuck. It yep. is. It's a hard game Les- too. From so that's a fucking no for me. <laughs> Leslie, Leslie's like, you playing Shadow Showdown again? I'm like, why? She's like, I hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're screaming, then I definitely can't play. Yeah, because you're running away from zombies and like he- and like hellhounds and like flaming bodies and like ladies with heads for be- like bees for heads, and then you have people shooting at you and throwing sticks of dynamite and like I don't know people made out of worms it's a fun time well, but i like it it's kind of neat right? it's pretty neat it's a hunt showdown mm-hmm. and i'll uh finish it off with uh i've been switching to playing in between diablo 4 during my breaks i've been trying to play a lot of uh tom clancy's the division 2 this game is a lot of fun um yeah, it, you know what's weird is that they have like mixed reviews on Steam. You get like sixty four percent were positive. It's pretty mixed. Um, but I don't know. I don't see it. I, People are divided. Yeah. You might say, oh, "God, I fucked that up." <laughs> there was a good joke in there somewhere. Sorry, I totally do. Uh, <laughs> one one could say that the review is really showing some division. Yeah, yes, that is very uh, true. Uh, yeah, I got go. you. I got what up. you were trying to put Bring down. Yeah, right we got you. <laughs> yep. So you can. <laughs> I will see myself out. No. <laughs> so, uh, no, you can play with up to four people, and it does scale. So if you play like three or four more people, they start getting tougher, things like that. And so, um, yeah, I've been playing this with just one other person and we've been having a blast like it's i think this is super fun there's crafting there's a lot more elements it's way more complicated than i thought it was going to be and it's funny because i did play this when it came out which was january 12th like just this past january um but i don't like i i don't really remember i think something else came out like right near that time too and it just took like it took over because when I got this game, I logged into my Ubisoft thing and I already had a level nine character and I didn't remember playing it at all. So I started all over from the beginning because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this game. And it is uh, it's been a blast. It's fun. It's a good looter shooter, very like MMO FPS kind of feeling game. And it's just you are in this like post pandemic Washington, D.C. area and you're fighting these like gangs and these different kind of people um these different factions and stuff that because you're part of like a team of elite agents and so um you're fighting all these other people and it's just it's super fun i think that a lot of the shooting there's so many moments that are just so great i think like launching a grenade at a bunch of people and then like it causing in a cascade effect of like blowing up other shit and then like launching people across the game it's just it's epic i'm having a lot of fun with this and looking forward to playing it a lot more did have either of you two played the division two i played quite a bit of it and i know why it's getting mixed reviews is because every time they either add new shit to it or they change shit it usually invalidates everyone's hard work um like uh and like they heavily nerf guns that people have problems with and so like you'll grind 17 hours to get like the vector like a or like a named gun and then like it'll get instantly nerfed um, so people have really big problems of like how reactionary the devs are to a lot of stuff. Um, so that's that's kind of why a lot of people fell to the wayside for that game. Dang. Yeah, but it, it, like if you're just playing the story or just trying to have a good time, like it's it's a great game. Yeah. Well, I'm also reading a negative review here that says 
This game is fun to play. What sucks about this game is that whoever decided to add flash grenades to this game is the worst idea ever. What a ridiculous idea. There should not be flash grenades on here because it is 100% plus bad for your eyes. If they had taken flash grenades out, there's no punctuation here. If they had taken flash grenades out of the game, it would make 100% plus more, much better and safer to play and better for your eyes. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it was written by a third grader. So, an old man like me who has who is sensitive to bright things, <laughs> but like and apparently sensitive to uh, using any form of punctuation, and so they just avoid it. <laughs> doesn't have a spell check. Yeah, um, but yeah, now there. Well, it was, was written by Disc Golfin Epic Booyah. <laughs> it, it was definitely ten times smoother than the Division One when it came out. Which um, I played. But, I played that one. Yeah, I, I played both at least for 12 hours each when they came out. Like, I beat the game, did the end game stuff, did the PvP stuff. And uh, it was just, as soon as content dropped or, like, patches dropped, people were throwing their computers out the window. Um, and, like, the other thing is that metas for that game were just, like, unless you have this gun for for this char- like this character class you're useless. Like it, it very much was kind of like there, there is no get to toy around with builds or get to toy around with like this. Like you have to play this way for a long time. That so. is true. It is still pretty heavy on build and like having a very specific and focused and intentional way of playing like your character. I can definitely see that. Yeah. It's it. it unfortunately, like, a lot of RPG games that are coming out that have to deal with guns. And this is like the weirdest thing for me. Like when it comes to like gun, gun based games, it's like I shot the man 487 times in the face. He should be dead. It's like, how do you, how do you quantify like damage and everything like that when you have like a machine gun? So I I don't know the Hmm. division, the division's like a, it's a, it was a good game when it came out, but we'll see in the future. I mean, it, like I said, it's, it's fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think it was yeah. great. It was one of the things that I picked up on the summer sale because they had like all of it. You got the entire everything for 15 bucks. And I was like, all right, worth it because I was really missing a uh, a shooter, you know, I, I missed Tarkov. And so I was like, you yeah, play Marauders, dude. You got to uh, play Marauders. Got to play Marauders. Got to play Marauders. You'd love right. it. It's it's all it's all days. I'm telling you right now, it's all days. It's got the Tarkov. It's got spaceships. It's got piracy. It's got just pure, unadulterated, just murder. <laughs> like it's great. So that sounds like yeah, my kind of jam. That would be fun. That'd be cool. But at the yeah. same time, like I said, I'm really getting into Tom Can- uh, Tom Clancy's Division Two. But uh, I think that's I think that's it. I think that's all we've got on our highlights. Right? That's a show. Uh, Well, we do have a lot of listener questions. Absolutely. Let's hear them. All right. And we are going to, since we don't have Christian or Emilio, there are two of these questions we're going to save. So uh, one from Zap, one from OSS. So we are not going to get to your questions this week, but we will next week. Uh, Old Man Dave asks, with prices of AAA games going up, to $70. I'm curious, at what point do you feel the price is just too expensive? Personally, I feel like the bar that the bar has been hit with me. We're told that the cost of to make games has gotten to the point that the price has to change. And yet Activision Blizzard makes multi 
billions in net profits quarterly. When do you consider Diablo 4 has included... When you consider that Diablo 4 has included a cash shop and season passes, it almost feels like gouging the customer. What are your thoughts? Thanks. I uh, I completely agree. I just touched upon this when we were talking about Diablo 4. I think every single time any game comes out that has any kind of character customization is always going to have some sort of cash grab. It's always going to be like, you want to be a mermaid person? Here, give us $10. <laughs> and it's never, never budget-friendly, dude. Um, the only game that I know of that you can ever really like come close to earning things that you want and like it be fair is Marvel Snap. Um, you're constantly being given skins for free. You're constantly being given the currency to pay for skins and pay for bundles for free. As long as you play the game, you get as many skins and co- like cosmetics and like profile images and titles and all that kind of shit for free. Um, you don't have to spend a dime if you don't want to. Um, it's just like, but games like Diablo, it's the same thing. You're going to look like a potato half the time. You're going to look like a monochrome brown like thing or like <laughs> all your armor is going to mismatch and you're just going to look like a fucking kid that fell into a lost and found fucking bucket at the YMCA. Um, That's but, so specific. Like... <laughs> Unless you pay $10 to look like some, like, blood you got, letter. You got real loud all of a sudden, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> really I was getting really excited. on that mic. <laughs> you know, I was getting really excited, man. Uh, it's just, it's, it, it just sucks every time there's customer characterization in, like, a, in, a, in a multiplayer game. It, you're, you just expect a battle pass and custom skins to pay for every single fucking time. And even, like, Call of Duty, anything, dude. Every time. Yeah, Call of Duty is pretty notorious with that. I I just feel like Activision Blizzard does gouge the customer. Like, (laughs) so, like, I agree with that. But I don't know. To me, like, I feel like the point when a game starts becoming too expensive probably would be more than $80. I think it makes... I do think that we've gotten lucky and I've appreciated the fact that, like, games have stayed $60 for, like, majority of my life. And now are starting yeah. to go up because inflation really has gone up and everything is so much more expensive. But video games really were constant for a while. So, like, I'm not really that surprised that they're starting to go up now. But some of them do feel ridiculous. Like, yeah, like what you're saying with the cash shop. And like I said, Activision and Blizzard are certainly notorious up at the top for being big gougers with that shit. Dude, um, Atari games used to be like a hundred and ten fucking dollars. Yeah. Like there used to be like games back in the 80s and 90s, like 90s used to be like. and that was 90s and 80s dollars you know that was like a quarter of your dad's like paycheck if he had like a eh, job so you know sometimes the hype is real and that's where the price tag comes for I mean you know like I don't really know if I'm the best one to ask I uh, gladly forked over $140 to the edge of darkness edition for Tarkov and that game's not even out yeah so did I but then again I have (laughs) And so did I, but I have 1,500 hours in that game, so... All right, that's facts. You know what? Yeah, and that's kind of how I justified paying that amount of money, too. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that wasn't a line for me. Like, I was like, that is really expensive. And then I looked, and it was like, yeah, 600 hours in Tarkov. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think that's fair. (laughs) You do the the $10 per hour thing, like, a.k.a. like the movie thing, then, yeah, you're definitely going to get your money's worth. Yeah. So I don't know. What about you, Bobby? $70 too much? I mean, for me personally, no. 
but uh, I'm pretty selective when it comes to buying games. I know what I'm, I, I know what I'm willing to invest in at this point. I didn't mind throwing down like 90 bucks on Diablo or whatever the deluxe edition was because I knew I'm going to be playing this game for years and years and years, off and on, of course. But it's hard to be a variety gamer these days. It's hard to be somebody like us who plays something yep. new every week, you know, yep. because everything. Every game coming out, like I said, tries to monopolize your time and they charge you for it. I mean, they, these games are worth that much money, but honestly, we're, you're not going to spend that much time on them for the most part. I mean, most people aren't. So it's it's tough. I don't know. With movies, I don't know if this is really the case, but I feel like we're kind of at a turning point with movies because I saw that new Indiana Jones movie, uh, Dial of Destiny. And it's, they spent like, what, $300 million making it. It's not doing that great. Like, it'll it'll make its money back eventually, but it didn't do great at the box office. Not even Marvel movies are doing that well. And they spent all this money making that movie, and then it got they, beat its second week out by Insidious, The Red Door, which Blumhouse made for, like, $16 million, you know? And it's just, I, I feel like at least with movies, people are starting to gravitate more towards, back towards, like, the mid-range films that we lost for a long time you just had like the indies that you know the film nerds knew about and then you had these big budget marvel movies that cost like hundreds of millions of dollars to make and then made billions so i i don't know but that's movies and video games are a lot different than movies i have no idea where we're at with this yeah like i remember paying 50 60 bucks for video games when i was a kid like and here we are 25 years later. I mean, what else has stayed the same price? Not not many things. Like it's, And the games that we play now require a lot more people, a lot more hours, a lot more work. Like it's, I think the problem with video games is that the money's going into the wrong hands, honestly. I'm okay with them making all this money. I just wish it got to the people who... Um, Actually fucking work on the games. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, that's why. Like, it's like when you hear games like Dave the Diver, and like it's made by a smaller team versus like a team of like eight hundred people at Mm -hmm. Blizzard. You're like, hey, this team of fifty Korean people versus like this team of eight hundred people at Blizzard that are working sixteen hour days and they don't get to see their families and they hate their fucking lives and they're committing suicide and they hate like their existence. Yeah, I don't want them to get money, dude. Like, I don't want the, their managers to get money. I'd rather the people that have passion projects or actually care about the shit that they're working on actually get paid. So, yeah. I don't know. Yep. But that's why we have a, a writer strike in Hollywood right now. So, hey. What's the next question, Bobby? Next question is from JX32. With Starfield only a couple of months away, how hyped are all of you on a scale of 1 to 10? Will any of you be pre-purchasing for early access or just playing it on Game Pass? He's got a follow-up question, but let's let's answer this one first. Starfield, um, how are we feeling? I'm Miss. feeling kind of mixed about it. I feel like, uh, especially with it coming out right around when Baldur's Gate 3 comes out I kind of don't really give a fuck about it because it's going to be all Baldur's Gate like I just like I already know that the writing's on the wall I'm about to lose my life to Baldur's Gate and so Baldur's Gate Baldur's Gate comes out August 3rd dude yeah but I'm still probably going to be playing it 
Yeah, but I'm, oh, like, oh, I'm you're gonna be playing a month later. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I get you. I get you. I'm still gonna be like okay, okay. super into it. So like that's why I feel yeah. mixed about Starfield because it's just like I mean I, it could go either way because it could be at a good point where I've like, yeah. been in a ton of time and it would be nice to add some Starfield into it, which I'll be playing it on Game Pass just by principle. It's like fucking free, so why not just play it on there? Um, because I do feel like if I get obsessed enough with it, then maybe I can justify buying it on Steam as well. Um, I think it is going to be on Steam, but um, because then if it is, it would be cool to like have that logged and just you know add it to the Steam library and stats and data and shit. But like, why not get it on Game Pass because it is free instead of paying a full price of a game? But I'd put I'd put my excitement at like a five. It's like right in the middle because we'll see. Boulder's oh, so free all way. Are you are you one of those people that doesn't see the one to ten scale as like? a through f and like ultra f or do you see it as like five being like i'm kind of meh you know i think five's kind of meh okay cool all right i'm I'm the same way because i met someone the other day it's like seven is like a c plus dude that's my meh and i'm like no seven is like i'm i'm kind of excited about it (laughs) and like 10 is like i'm waiting at the door at the company waiting for the game to fucking ship like yeah I yeah. would never consider seven in the middle of the scale. Like it's no. just, it's just literally not. Like yeah, I, like what's a one? You're burning the place down. Yeah, like, is it standard That's, space grading? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what about you, you Bobby? Um, I don't care. Starfield. <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> I have no feelings one way or the other on this game. Uh, even if it's great, and like a lot of people pick it up and go crazy for it, I don't. I don't think that's going to cause me to play it. Just not really interested. Uh, he does have a follow-up question here. Uh, with Bobby's <laughs> lack of enthusiasm for storytelling in games, I'm curious how you tackle a game like this where the decisions you make influence how the game plays out. Do you read the dialogue and make a conscious decision as to what outcome you'd like or simply skip the text and select the first option that pops up in order to get back to the action? <laughs> Uh, definitely the first, which I feel is what a lot of people do. Like you, it, it depends on how the game's done it or do it. And a lot of games have been getting a lot better at handling this type of stuff. Uh, I think back to Bioshock where you make decisions throughout the game and it determines whether you get the good ending or the bad ending. You know, you save the little girl or harvest her. Um, I don't know. There's always something that affects the gameplay and that's what i'm most interested in so if i have to choose dialogue options that uh give me some sort of ability or level me up in some way then i'm going to pursue that path it's not like a super exciting way to play the game i've never been able to play the game and just be like role play it as a character or just like what would i myself as a person do because honestly the games i just don't think are like that good it's storytelling to make me buy into that so i don't know i i usually just do whatever i need to do but uh yeah i don't know you guys got any input on that i knew it was directed at me but i i am i'm at a six for this game for for starfield I am not a buy day one person for this. I am not a game pass person for this. I will eventually buy this game on steam on steam. Um, I'm, I'm starting to see that game pass. I'm not even utilizing for like even dark tide anymore or some of the other games. Um, but like, it's just like, I, 
I'm I, I love Bethesda games. They're not games that are cranking out stuff where you're like paying stuff all the time, obviously, like we just talked about with Blizzard. You're not paying ten schmeckles for like a new space helmet. Um but what I what I am what I am starting to realize as I get older is that I am starting to realize that I like fantasy settings and like modern settings more than I like space settings. Hmm, um, okay. I, I'm going to I I'm going to play Starfield because it is a Bethesda game. I'm not playing it because it's a space setting. That's actually closer to where I'm at too, is that it's a Bethesda game. And so I'm looking forward to it. I'm just also a big believer with Bethesda to not get into any hype because I've noticed that with Bethesda, the best way to play Bethesda games is going blind because then you yep. won't be disappointed. Yep. <laughs> so that's also why it's like a five for me, but yeah, I see that there'll be a, They'll be good. I'm I'm with you right there, Nick. Though, like it's a Bethesda game, so it's gonna happen. I will be playing it. Yeah, but yeah, that's my that's my answer. All What's right. the next I one, buddy? Like, <clears throat> well, what you say, say, I think with the uh, um, with the reading and selecting choices, like yeah, I'd imagine Bobby, you would just like speed through and select whatever the first one to get to the uh, the action again. I tend to sit forever reading all of it and then like thinking of like, yeah, what would be or or if I were role playing, then I would role play of what that character would think. I, I'm a ha- I'm a half and half guy, by the way. I will if it's a quest line that I care about where I'm like, oh, this is like an interesting topic. Like this is an interesting like story. If it's like my cat stuck in a tree and this evil man put it up there. Then I'm going to just fucking be like, I don't care about your cat. I don't care what species it is. I don't care if it's an alien. Just let me shoot the man and get my quest item by. Like, just like, if it's interesting, I'll pay attention. If it's not, I'm just going to shoot whoever I need to shoot. Like, it's so sock. Let me tell you all about it. <laughs> no. Uh, it was the happiest like sock in the galaxy. Well, especially in, in RPGs or MMORPGs, it... it those especially whenever you walk up to someone to get a quest oh like, yeah no they give you this big long spiel and then at the end like and that's why i need six warthog skins it's like, <laughs> i don't give a shit come on just tell me what you, you just want. asked the guy 10 minutes ago yeah. the same fucking favor <laughs> but i i feel like with a lot of games the storytelling just feels very tacked on and it's very obvious how they worked it in to try and support the gameplay or tie it into the gameplay it feels like an afterthought but i I don't know with newer games it's definitely gotten better they've tried to um bring writers in at an earlier stage of production to yeah to to make it a lot better so i i think it has gotten better um next question from pyronical how many listener questions are the right amount of listener questions Usually yes. four. Usually four. Four. It it depends because if we've got four or five people on the podcast, one question, we could go on like 15 minutes with one question. So it really depends on the question. But I, I'd say to be safe, three with a full crew. Seems about I'd three say, good yeah, three ones. Three to five. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then Scram follows up. Do listener questions about listener questions count towards the right amount of questions? <laughs> no. <laughs> Next question. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can answer those ones real yes. quick and move on. That's <laughs> true. It's not about how many questions is the time we spend on them. Mm. Um, last question from Morconius. How much have you spent? And then he gives dis, uh, instructions on how to look up your 
external steam spend. So this is something that you can do. It's posted in our discord under listener questions if you want to do this for yourself. But you can go into steam. And you can browse to a certain page that will show you how much money you have spent on your steam account, actual money, external funds. Hmm. So this is not, I guess, money that you have generated in steam somehow. Interesting. I mean, I have it. I have it set up. I have to pull mine up. Nick, why don't you start with yours? Mine. I, I'm sure I got you all beat. <laughs> uh, six thousand seven hundred and fifty-six for total spend. Old spend is fifteen ninety-nine. Old spend. I don't know what that stat means, but I have no idea what that means either. All right. External spend six thousand. All right. Uh, you have external spend. What is that? That's what he asked us to look up. I have I have external funds used. Oh, external. And then yeah, I have, that's what I meant. External. Funds I have total used. spend, old spend, and that's it. Okay. Oh, I see. So, how much did you say your total spend was? Or external 60. funds used is what? Yeah. Six thousand. Mine was sixty-seven hundred. Oh, wow. sixty-seven. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I'm almost scared to ask about Bobby's. I I feel like mine's weak sauce compared to that shit. I got 3,800. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's about a five. Yeah, about a five. <laughs> Scale of 10. Yeah. Uh, this podcast is about a five. <laughs> Oof. Uh, actually, no, this has been a good episode because I got to talk a lot. Might have been one of our best. I like it. Yeah. All right. Okay, you guys ready for this? My um, my total spend fifteen thousand two hundred and sixty-eight. <laughs> wow! Wow! It's a lot of money. Yeah, it's that a bad. lot of money, folks. Well, I mean, I've had a Steam account since two thousand three or four, so it would have been much funnier if you just said fifteen dollars. Fifteen. Some <laughs> people might have actually believed that too. No, no, nobody's going to believe that. <laughs> yeah, I've spent a lot of money on Steam, apparently. Too much. I wish, I, I really wish, these are interesting numbers and it's fun to look at that, but I really wish I could get a graph on when that money was spent because I bet it would really have tapered off. First of all, you got to remember that up until about the late 2000s, like maybe 2008-ish, I'd say around 2008 is when Steam really started to get flooded with games. But it was, I had like maybe 100 games in my library, possibly, probably less um, it, by that point in time. But then when Steam Greenlight came out and free to play started becoming more popular, and digital distribution really took hold like in the early 2010s, like Steam just exploded with games. And there's crazy numbers out there. You can look them up like this is, you know, how many games get added to Steam per day. It's just, it's insane how many there are. So I, I think that's when a lot of people started getting their libraries very bloated and spending a, lots and lots of money on Steam. So I, I got a feeling my, my graph would look very small if, for the first couple of years and like, probably around 2014 to 2018 it's just like through the roof and then it's been a steady decline since then hmm. damn nice damn hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I want to see what Emilio's is now though 
I know. I feel like we should carry this question on to the next one, and then when yeah. Sniper and Emilio come yeah. on, we see theirs. Yeah, yeah we definitely. will. We got to see theirs. I'm betting Sniper's is really low, and I bet... Let's take bets on Emilio's. What do we think his is Ooh, at? Okay. I'm, I'm um, going to say 8,000. I'm going to guess 10. 10. Are we doing prices right rules? I see. I was going to say I was going to say 10 too, but I'm just like, you know what? I bet it's lower All right, than then I I'm think. I'm going to say 9. 9 We've got 8, eight 9, nine and, and 10. 10. All right. There we go. Let's see. Tune in next week. That's right. All right. Well, I think that's an episode. What's everybody playing next week? Or this week, I should say. Uh, I think I'm going to play more Hunt Showdown. Mm. Yeah. All right. I might play some more Division 2, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, I won't be on the uh, next episode. I'm going to be camping uh, and walking through the whole rainforest and hiking. And so uh, it's going to be a blast. Got nice. Dude McBadass out over here. And so we're going camping and hiking and doing a bunch of uh, cool outdoor shit. So actually, you know what I will be playing? I will be playing, playing sorry, Touch Grass Simulator. That's what it is. Going out nice. and touching grass. Yeah. Touching grass. All right. Uh, I will possibly be playing Don't Die in the West. Comic-Con is coming up. So I'm, I'm not actually attending, but... I'm going to go down there and check things out. I'm going to a, a podcast recording at the Comedy Club. I'll go hang out in the street with all the nerds and do that. Might have some funny stories from that. We'll see. But, um, yeah. Nice. Don't die in the West unless nice. I find something better to play. Sweet. Sounds good. All right. Who's going to sign us off here? All right, I will. Speaking for Bobby, Nick, and myself, a lack of Emilio titties. <laughs>